Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Luke, the Gospel Record of Luke and Luke in chapter number 24. The Gospel Record of Luke in chapter number 24. We have been doing a series in our church uh, since the beginning of the year dealing with the idea of the study of the Bible. And each week we've been just taking a subject of the Bible and trying to build upon it to give us a good overview, a good understanding and fall in love with God's word. We took a week to study the inspiration of scriptures, carrying the idea that God is the one who gave us the scriptures. He just used men as human penmen, but the scripture was written by God and not by men. We took some time afterwards to try to talk about the inerrancy of scripture, the accuracy of scripture, the canonization of scripture, to talk about some of these special features. After that, we took some time to speak about the preservation of scriptures that God promised to preserve his word. Last week we took some time to examine the interpretation of scriptures. How can we get the proper interpretation? And we took quite a few uh, lessons talking about the interpretation of scripture. Now this week we are speaking about a new subject dealing with the idea of the illumination of scripture. How does God in power give us understanding of the Bible? We all know people that say that they can't understand the Bible, that they read the Bible and it doesn't make any sense. Well, is there an answer to that? Is there a reason why the Bible is alive to some people and the Bible's not alive to others? Well, we spoke about this morning that the very first thing to understand is that the Holy Spirit is the great teacher of the Bible. And that the Holy Spirit who lives within everyone who's accepted Christ as our Savior is the one who can open up the scriptures and give us understanding. With that, we want to build upon that tonight and speak about the subject of illumination. The illumination of scripture. With that, let's see what the Bible has to say in the gospel record of Luke chapter number 24. The gospel record of Luke chapter 24. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 44. The gospel record of Luke chapter 24, starting at verse number 44. I love to hear the pages of scripture rustled. I love for you to see for yourself what the Bible has to say. The gospel record of Luke chapter 24, and in verse number 44, the Bible says this, and he, that's Jesus, said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you pretty much mark that whole verse that we find in the gospel record of Luke chapter 24? The gospel record of Luke chapter 24 and verse number 45, notice the entire phrase, he he opened, or then he opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And that is a great definition of what illumination is, that it is God 
opening up our understanding of the scriptures. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And thank you for allowing us to gather here tonight to be able to open up your word, to explore your scriptures, and to see what it says about how the scriptures can make sense to us. How is it that we can understand the scriptures and be excited by it? What is it that causes it? And what can we do to have the scriptures open to us even more. I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct. And as we explained this morning, that we would be a spirit-filled hearers, just as well as I have the responsibility to be a spirit-filled preacher. Lord, guide us by your spirit, that you get all glory and credit, and that we'd be walking out of here today saying, what a great God, and what a great book. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, without a doubt, God desires for his people to understand his word. God hasn't given us this Bible so that way we could stand confused. He hasn't given us his word so that way we could guess or try to find secret codes or look at the third letter of every second page or some sense like that. God has given us his Bible for the purpose of us understanding it. God wants us to know the scriptures. Why? The main purpose of the scriptures is to reveal God to man. For us to see who God is. And God wants to be known. So with that, we understand that God wants us to understand the Bible because he wants us to understand who he is. Now, the process of us understanding the Bible by the ministry of the Holy Spirit is something called illumination. Illumination. Now, illumination is not revelation. Remember, God has already revealed himself of the scripture. There was nothing yet to be revealed. God has already revealed everything he wants to the scriptures. Illumination is not revelation. Illumination is not inspiration. God is no longer inspiring the scriptures. His word is closed that there's no more scripture needs to be added to it. Illumination is not the same as inspiration. Inspiration is God illuminating, opening the light in. That's what illumination is. It means to let the light in. It carries a picture of opening a window and letting the sunlight in. God wants the light to turn on. In fact, as a preacher, that's one thing I love is when I see the little light bulbs turn on in people's head to see that they're understanding it, to see that they're getting it. Well, the Bible, God wants the same thing about the Bible. He wants it when you read the Bible for the light bulb to come on, for you to say, I see it. It's clear. It's understandable. This is the process of illumination. Illumination deals with the understanding and the applying of knowledge that has already been given. God's Holy Spirit provides the light of understanding to this passage. So therefore, as we've already kind of explored this morning, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot separate illumination from the Holy Spirit. Someone who does not have the Holy Spirit is not going to be illuminated to the scriptures. They go hand in hand. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures in the hearts and the minds of each people. Now with that, let's explore this subject a little bit more. The first thing I want to bring to your attention is illumination gives a better understanding about Christ. Illumination gives a better understanding about Christ. Now, Jesus is the subject 
of the entire Bible. That the whole purpose of the Bible is to reveal God to man. We've already explored in the last several weeks that the only way that we know God is by Christ his son. And how do we know about Christ? By the Bible. So this is the whole process. To get to know God, we must know the Bible. And God wants us to understand the Bible because God is the subject of the entire Bible. Notice with me we were where we read in the Gospel record of Luke chapter 24. The Gospel record of Luke chapter 24, in this here, Jesus Christ has already risen from the grave and he is visiting his disciples. And of course his disciples were having a hard time understanding and believing that Jesus Christ had risen from the grave. And in here, Jesus Christ had revealed himself and showed him there. Uh, we know that the uh, two uh, disciples walking from Aramaeus will get their story here in just a bit. As they were walking back, they encountered Jesus Christ. They went and told the rest of the disciples, we saw Jesus, we saw Jesus. And not all of them believed them. So Jesus Christ arrived in the same room that he, they were at. And he ate with him. Why did Jesus bother to eat with him? Because eating left evidence. Look at this apple. Someone obviously chewed it. It wasn't a ghost. It was Jesus. Look at this fish. Here are some bones. Someone obviously ate it. It wasn't a ghost. It was Jesus. He was there. There was proof that he risen again. Now, notice with me in verse number 42, just to back up that point. And they gave him, Jesus, a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. So he proved that he was alive again. And now that he proved that he was alive again, proved that he had been indeed resurrected from the dead, notice what he then tells the disciples in verse number 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now, in the Jewish Old Testament, or the Jewish Bible, our Old Testament, their threefold division is the law, the prophets, and the Psalms of the writings. So what Jesus is telling them is that all of these things in the Old Testament, from the law, from the prophets to the writings, all of it spoke of me and all of it's going to be fulfilled. Notice verse number 45. Then he opened up their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. What part of the scriptures were they supposed to understand? That every part spoke about Jesus. So as they saw in the law of Moses and they saw the Ten Commandments, they go, look, that's Jesus. And as they went through the Levitical law and saw the ceremonies and the things about the tabernacle, look, there's Jesus. And then as they went through the prophets and they saw Isaiah 53, look, there's Jesus. And then they saw Jeremiah preaching. Jeremiah preached about the branch. Hey, look, there's Jesus. And then they saw Daniel and the things that Daniel saw. Look, there's Jesus. And then they turned to the Psalms and they see Psalm 22, Psalm 23, Psalm 24, and many others. Look, there's Jesus. The whole purpose of this illumination is for the disciples, the followers of Christ, to be able to take the scriptures and in specific in this context, the Old Testament scriptures, and open their eyes that they could see Jesus. 
every part of the Bible speaks about Jesus. And remember, as we spoke about this morning, the main ministry of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Christ. That the Holy Spirit's job is to point out Christ. So when the author of the Bible who lives with inside of us opens our eyes and his job is to point out Christ, guess what's going to happen? There's Jesus. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. The whole purpose of illumination is to open our eyes that we may have our understanding because God wants to be known. Now remember, I spoke about those two disciples on the road of Aramaeus. If you don't mind, let's look there. Earlier in the chapter, Luke 24. And notice if you don't mind, I love this passage. Notice if you don't mind. And let's start all the way up to verse number 13. Luke 24 and verse number 13. And behold, two of them, two of the disciples of the followers of Christ, went that day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened, speaking about the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, the burial resurrection, and how they have heard that Jesus Christ has rose again. Wouldn't you want to talk about that if you just heard all these things? And so they're talking about it, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Notice in verse number 15, And it came to pass that while they communed together and reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know them. What had happened right now? Their eyes are darkened. They don't recognize that it's Jesus behind them. And so Jesus starts walking behind them as the two disciples are talking and they're talking back and forth and Jesus comes right behind them, starts listening to their conversation. Verse number 17, and he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that ye have, that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad. So here Jesus is following, listening to them and their conversation isn't one of victory, they're sad. They're brokenhearted. They don't know what's going on. Verse number 18. And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered and said to him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are to come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he <coughs> that it had been he which should have been redeemed Israel. And beside this, Today is the third day since these things were done. And yea, certain women also of our company have made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying, They have seen a vision of angels, which said he was alive. And certain of them which were with us to the sepulcher found it even so, as the women had said, but him they saw not. Now, when we see this, the words should be happy. But their inflection is that they're sad. Oh, we don't know what happened. They said that they went to see Jesus and they, they saw the angels, heard angels say that Jesus is not there, he's alive. But, oh, we just don't know. And Jesus is walking behind them like, this is good news. Why are you so sad? Why is, what's the matter with you guys? But what had happened is that their eyes are darkened. They need illumination. They need understanding of these things. And notice what happens. Verse number 25. 
And he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. May I pause there? Notice it says, all that the prophets have spoken. What did the prophets speak about? Hold on to that thought. Let's go back. Verse 26. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. This is illumination. He opened up their understanding. Wouldn't you like to hear that message where Jesus says, open your Bible if you wouldn't mind to the Bible, to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's Jesus. And as it goes on and it talks about that Jesus said, oh, <laughs> about creating man. Who's he talking to? Oh, God's talking to me. That's Jesus. And he goes through and he speaks about all these things. Opens to him. All the scriptures. Remember what I said before? The purpose of all the Bible is to point to Jesus. This is a book about Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you're at. God wants to open up to give you illumination. To open up your understanding that you may see Jesus. That's the spirit job. The Holy Spirit's job is to open up our understanding. And God wants you to understand that no matter where you're at, He wants you to understand what you're reading and understand I see Jesus. What a message to hear Jesus to take the Bible page after page, chapter after chapter, book after book. There's me. There's me. Hey, there I am. Hey, look, there I am. Look, there it is. No matter where you open up, the whole purpose is to open up our understanding that we may know him. So what happens? Verse number 28. And they drew nigh to the village where they went, and he made as though as he would have gone on further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat down to meet with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. What is illumination? Where God opens our eyes, and we see Jesus. He opened up their eyes that they may understand who he is. Notice what happened. He opened and their eyes were open and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened up the scriptures. By the way, that's the Holy Spirit. Remember, as we spoke about this morning, the Holy Spirit lives within inside of us. And the Holy Spirit gives us a witness. And that when the preacher's preaching, or you're opening up your Bible, the Holy Spirit inside saying, that's Him! That's true! That's true! And as Jesus has opened up the Scriptures inside of them, something inside of them, the Spirit is saying, that's true! That's true! That's right! And when you read your Bible and the Holy Spirit is opening up, your heart should burn inside of you. Not heartburn, not distress, not a heartache, but warmed inside. I see Jesus. The Holy Spirit is backing up that evidence. I see Jesus. 
I see Jesus. By the way, this should be the heart cry of every Christian. I want that. I want to see Jesus. I want to know him more. Because the Holy Spirit inside of you, that's what it craves. And that's what he desires. Is for you to know Jesus Christ. And he's going to open up the scriptures so that you may see Jesus. We started off first of all by understanding that illumination gives us a better understanding about Christ. Something else that we see is that illumination gives us a better understanding of the hope we have in Christ. Illumination gives us a better understanding of the hope we have in Christ. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in the book of Ephesians chapter number 1. The book of Ephesians chapter number 1. We're so thankful that God, by His Spirit, wants to give us understanding. He doesn't want us to be darkened. He doesn't want us to scratch our head and say, I don't have any clue what I'm reading. Supernaturally, His Holy Spirit wants to give us understanding and open up our eyes and let us know who He is. The book of Ephesians chapter 1, we see that illumination gives a better understanding of the hope we have in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. The apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus and in this he's giving a prayer and telling them how he's praying for them. Verse number 16. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. He's talking about what he's praying for them on. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. How is Paul praying for the church of Ephesus? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Notice this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know what Paul was praying? I'm praying that you have illumination. I'm praying that the Spirit opens up your eyes of understanding that you may see Him. That's how Paul prayed for the church. That's how he prayed for the individual people. That their eyes would open, that they would have understanding, that they would have illumination. Verse 18 again, the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Why? That you may know what is the hope. Of his calling. And the, what is the riches of his glory. And the inheritance of the saints. You understand that when we open up the Bible. And we see Jesus. What goes along with it. Is hope. Hope. People live in a dark world. Often live without hope. And it is a miserable existence. I don't have any hope that things are going to get better. I don't have any hope that they're going to change. I don't have any hope about my situation. I don't have any hope about my finances. I don't have any hope about the government. I don't have any hope about this disease. I don't have... And we live where people are hopeless. There's no end in sight. There's no fix. There's nothing that can be done. Christians not, should never live that away. We should be a hopeful people. Why? Because God's still on the throne. He's still in charge. He still knows what he's doing. And the more that we see him, the more hope that we have. If nothing else, I'm leaving this place. I'm going somewhere else. I have the hope that this is not my final destination. This is not the best that it is. I've got something far better to go to and a far better person to spend time with. 
But beyond that, God still wants to do a work. We should be a hopeful people. Even in the church, the greatest days of this church are still ahead. Why can I say that? Because we have the God of hope. We may have a loved one that seems to be far, far away. We have the God of hope that God's still working. As long as there's life, there is hope. We should be a hopeful people because a God is still sitting on the throne. He's still in charge. He's still ruling. He's still working. We can be a hopeful people. Where does this hope come from? By illumination of the scriptures. That as we look in the scriptures, God opens up our mind. He opens up our understanding. And with that understanding, we have hope. We are a hopeful people. Because of who God is. Which now brings me to a third thing. Where does illumination come from? The answer is illumination comes because we ask for it and desire it. Where does illumination come from? Illumination comes because we ask for it and desire it. Why are so many people spiritually blinded? Because they don't want to see Why do some people read their Bible and so frustrated because there's no understanding? Have you asked God to open up your eyes? Have you asked God to show you more about Him? With that, let's turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, which is far beyond my favorite psalm. We are going to be doing a Sunday school series in Psalm 119. Once I finish writing it, later on in in about 20 weeks from now, We'll be starting in Psalm 119. And in Psalm 118, every verse is about the Bible. But in it, this psalm, as you study the background, is written. We don't know exactly who it is. I have a belief, but I I won't die on the hill. But it is written by a psalmist who is in a place where he seems to be the only one that wants to live for the Lord. He's in a place where everyone else is doing wrong. He's living in the place where the government's corrupt. He's living in a place where no one wants to do right and he's by himself. How do you keep going on when they're trying to to conquer you? How do you go on when they're trying to silence you? How do you go on when they're trying to get you in a trap? How do you go on when they're trying to get you in trouble? The Word of God. The Word of God. And in this psalm, in order to keep going on, the psalmist makes prayer after prayer after prayer that God would open up his understanding. Notice with me Psalm 119. And let's hit a couple verses here. Psalm 119, let's start in verse 18. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things Out of thy law. That's pretty plain speak. Open thou my eyes. Give me illumination. Why? That I may behold wondrous things in his law. You know, you should have a regular time in your Bible reading or when the preacher's preaching where you go, wow. Wow. That's what the idea of wondrous is. It makes you, wow, drop your jaw and say, wow. Where does that come from? Prayer. God opened my eyes. Why is it that some people can go up to church and feel like they're barely holding on? And there are other people like, this is wonderful. This is the greatest thing I ever heard. What's the difference? Is it the preacher? Well, as we talked about this morning, it's the Holy Spirit. And the people that are willing to say, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, I want to see something. Lord, show me something. By the way, when you ask that and the word of God is open, 
It's going to be answered. Show me something today that I may behold wondrous things. Make me say wow today. That's a good prayer request, by the way. Try it tomorrow morning when you start your Bible reading. See if it doesn't happen. Lord, I am anticipating for you to show me something that makes me go wow. Let's go. There's plenty of things. You talk about the love of God. That should always make you go wow. That he would die for someone as scumbaggy as me. Wow, what a God. Let's look on. Psalm 119. Let's just hit a couple things in order. Psalm 119, 27. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so I may talk of thy wondrous works. Notice this. Make me to understand. That's open illumination. Make me to understand, so that I may talk about thy wondrous works. Not only do I want to see something that makes me go, wow, give me something today that I can go tell someone else. Let me tell you about the wowing God that I have. The wondrous God. Look at what he can do. Look with me if you don't mind. Psalm... <coughs> Um, 73. Psalm 119, 73. We're going to be in Psalm 119, verse number 73. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn of thy commandments. That's a good prayer request. God, you made me. You could very easily give me understanding because you made me. Open my eyes. Open my understanding that I may learn thy commandments. If you don't mind, let's look and see what else Psalm 119 says. Uh, verse 125. 125. Psalm 119, 125. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. Simple request. Lord, I'm here to serve you. Open my understanding so I can serve you better. Open my understanding. Show me. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Oh, what a wonderful thing. The scriptures, they're illumination. Remember, they let the light in. Here it says that. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Lord, I just need an answer. I need you to open my understanding. God says, here you go. What a wonderful thing. Notice with me Psalm 119, 144. I could go on and on, but this will be the last one for now. The righteous of, righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. I want to keep going. And I know that everything you do is right. Why is everything that God does right? Because he is righteous. Everything that he does is right. Because he is righteous. He can't do anything that's wrong. The righteousness of thy testimonies. God gave us his word. His word is right. Is everlasting. Give me understanding that I shall live. You know that the only everlasting thing you'll ever have in your hands is God's word. It'll never run out of gas. It'll never be renewed. It will never phase out. It'll never be replaced. God has given us his eternal word and we can look at it and trust in it. God can give us understanding, but he gives understanding to those that desire it and the ones that ask for it. Which brings me to one last thing. 
What causes spiritual blindness? We know that people can be spiritually blinded so that they don't understand the scripture. What causes the spiritual blindness? Who are the spiritual blindness? Again, we know that I could preach the same message to a different crowd and we get a different response. Why? Is it because of the preacher? No, it's because of the people desiring to see God's word. There are some people who are spiritually blinded. They can't understand. What makes the difference? What causes spiritual blindness? The Bible speaks about spiritual blindness. It's without light. Let's just look at a couple passages. Romans chapter 11. In Romans chapter 11, the Apostle Paul is writing and he's talking about his heart's desire for Israel. Romans chapter number 11. And verse number 25. Romans 11 and verse 25. Romans chapter 11 and verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles be come in. Now, God's <laughs> there's a spiritual blindness on Israel. What are they blind to? Remember the whole purpose of opening up the window is so they could see Jesus. Today, the Hebrew people are spiritually blinded that they can't see Jesus. Think about the scribes who had to write down the Old Testament and the, the process of writing down the Old Testament, which we covered before. And in that, think about the scribes who had to write by hand Isaiah 53, Psalm 22. And as they wrote that, and then they compared it to the historical life of Jesus, why wouldn't they understand that was Jesus? They're spiritually blinded. We know that they are spiritually blinded at this time. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Again, we're seeing that this spiritual blindness that, that some people have. Israel is spiritually blinded right now. 1 John chapter 2 verse 11. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 11. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because darkness had blinded his eyes. In this context, it's talking about not forgiving and bitterness. If you have unforgiveness, if you refuse to forgive someone, if you have bitterness starting to build up, you're not going to be understanding of the Bible. And the Bible speaks about that in several passages. If you are refusing to forgive, you're ignoring the light that God has forgiven you of much worse. When we understand how much we've been forgiving, forgiven of, it's no problem for us to forgive others. And when we refuse, it's because we're blinded to who Christ is and what he's done for us in order to keep our hatred, our bitterness, our ought against someone else. We're willfully blinded to God's light. Notice as it goes on in Isaiah chapter number 9. <laughs> the Bible says quite a bit. And again, I can't go to every passage, but I can show you some. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 2. This is a prophecy that's going to be fulfilled later on in the gospel record of Luke chapter 1 and the gospel record of Matthew chapter 4 make mention of this. In uh, Isaiah 9 2. The people that walked in darkness... 
have seen a great light, that they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, and upon them their light has shined. May I pause here? What it's speaking about in the context is the Gentiles. That the Gentiles who have not known Jesus Christ, they're blinded. A Gentile is anyone who is not a Hebrew person. So we live in a world that people are spiritually blinded. They can't see Jesus Christ, even though he may be right in front of them pointing them out. Hey, here I am. They're spiritually blinded until they receive the gospel. Look with me in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Again, you are probably someone that looks at friends, family, Facebook, government and say, why can't they see the obvious? They're blinded. They're spiritually blinded. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Again, the purpose of illumination is to let the light in. To show Jesus Christ opened up in the scripture. To open up our understanding of the scripture that we may see Jesus. And as we see Jesus that we have hope. Unfortunately, there are people who are spiritually blinded. And they can't see the most obvious thing in front of their face because they're blinded. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Notice with me in starting in verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. What is Satan doing? He is blinding those who are lost unless the Holy Spirit opens up the light and they see who Jesus is. Satan is doing everything he can to blind those that are lost. So they cannot see Jesus. But if you don't mind, there's one more group that is spiritually blinded. And may I show you that group in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Again, we're exploring those that are spiritually blinded. And we said that Israel's blinded according to the Bible. We see that bitterness blinds people. The Gentiles have been blinded who have not been exposed to the gospel. And that Satan is currently blinding people unless the light comes in and they recognize who Jesus was. Notice if you don't mind, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We made mention of this today. Let me get a good running start for context's sake. But we explained this this morning dealing with the idea of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Notice if you don't mind. Uh, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Oh, let's go ahead and give a good running start. Verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the thing what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Again, we explained that this morning, that the Holy Spirit's job is to open up our understanding. The Spirit's job is to let us see who Jesus is. Verse number 12, But we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things which are freely given to us, 
of God. God has freely given us the scriptures. We have every reason to know about Christ and his spirits to give us our understanding of the things God freely gave to us. Verse number 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We understand that in order to be a spiritual person, you have to be a scriptural person. They go hand in hand. Verse 14. But... The natural man, and we explained that this morning, this is someone without Christ, the natural man, first born, uh, first birth, doesn't have a second birth, someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Why? He's blinded. It doesn't make sense. I preach a message like this, and a lost person's like, I, what language was being spoke? There's no understanding here. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know him, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Notice as it goes on in the context in verse number 1, chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not... Speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, speaking of the milk of the word, and not with meat, not the harder things. For hereto you were not able to bear it, neither now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal." For whereas there's among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? There's a third group that's spiritual, or another group that's spiritually blinded, and they are carnal Christians. They are saved Christians, people who know Jesus Christ as their Savior, but because they mind the things of the flesh, their eyes are not open to the things of God. They can't understand even the basic things of God. I say, read your Bible. They go, is that really important? Hey, you need to be, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you need to be having a healthy prayer life. Well, I only pray in emergencies. Hey, if you are going to be a follower of Christ, you need to be faithful to God's house as many times as you can. Well, that's not really important. Carnal Christians, they don't have an understanding why the preacher's making a big fuss. Read your Bible! What's the matter with this crazy guy? I just want to check off my box of religious activities and go home. Why doesn't it make sense? Why do they look at me like a calf at a new gate? Kind of, what's that? Because they're carnal. They're not allowing the spirit to open up the things. It doesn't make any sense. But let me tell you, this is the saddest group because they have the spirit living inside of them. They could see if they wanted to see. They could see if they desired to see. May I also make an observation of all of us, including me? Anytime that I open my Bible and I read it, and it was just a bunch of words and didn't make any sense. It's my own carnality in the way. Because God wants to open the scripture. And anytime that happens, hopefully there's enough spiritual sense in me to recognize I'm in the flesh. God, open my eyes that I may see. And he will. He will. He will. 
But anytime I open the Bible and it doesn't make sense, it's not God's fault. It's mine. Anytime you show up to church and you go, well, I just didn't get fed today. If the Bible was open, it's not the preacher's fault. You could have if you ask God to open your eyes. That's a wonderful promise for anyone and everyone. You know what that means? Church is never boring. The Bible is never boring. There may be boring preachers, but the Bible is never boring. Because there's always something to make you go, wow. Something to make you go, Whoa. It doesn't matter when we have New Year's Eve and we have all the young men preaching here and they had their knees knocking and they have five minutes and they're open up and they're doing the best. As long as the Word of God is open, God can speak to the oldest saint in here. If we're asking them to open up our eyes. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. To give us illumination. What a wonderful God that we have. There's no secrets. There's no thing where we have to do a secret code. And we have to have it by the light of the moon. When it's waxing greater. And we have to make sure that we hold it. There's none of that. God wants us to understand his word. And as a born again believer. You have the author of the Bible living inside of you. And it's just easy for you to say. Open thou my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things from thy law. So let me do a spiritual wellness check. How's your Bible reading? And what do I mean by that? I'm not asking, are you checking off a box and saying, well, I read it for today. I'm asking, how's your Bible reading? Is it alive? Does it make you go, Wow. Can you not wait to the next day to see what new things God's going to show you the next day? That should be the heart of every Christian. How about your church attendance? Do you say, well, I just got to go check this off here. Everybody's going to expect me to be there. All right, I'm here. Isn't there some game tonight? I think it's like the superb owl or something that's on tonight. But whatever it is, are you more excited and say, I want to hear from God's word. I want to see what's happening. I want to just, oh God, show me something. Let it be worth it to be in your house today. And every time the service closed, we should be walking out those doors saying, wow, what a God. It doesn't matter who the preacher is. As long as the Bible's open up, we could walk out saying, wow. And if we're not, and it's consistently not, there's something wrong somewhere. I want to tell you, the Bible is not broken. It's not the Bible's fault. Something else. So a spiritual wellness check. Is your Bible reading dry? Non-existent? Or is it alive? How's the church attendance? It is, is it dry? Non-existent? Or alive? All of that gives a spiritual temperature check for yourself. As long as the Bible is open, whether it's in your personal Bible reading or the pulpit, we should be asking God, open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from thy law. And God promised he would. That is the whole job of the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures that I may see Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.